Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens or NFTs. NFTs are exploding in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is moving. The digital You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keene. For today's interview, we have Dan Crothers, one of the co-founders and COO of Vivi. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, we are pumped to have you. Actually, um, Michael and Andy, uh, Andy's our producer, they have been huge into Vivi. Like last year, they were really super big into Vivi. And yeah. yeah, we're just pumped to have you on. And, you know, it's it's been a long time coming. So, yeah. Mm. Thanks to our friend Reese for um, hooking us up. Yes. Yeah. yes. Shout out to Reese. <laughs> yeah. You might not remember, Dan, but uh, I was actually running those clubhouse rooms where I befriended Reese and like Kozik and Jermaine and Mitch Putnam. Um, so remember we were doing those rooms. You were in there a bunch yes. of times. David would come in. That was, they were good times. They were good times. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, pretty cool. <clears throat> well, thank you yeah. for that. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was, uh, I know that was like, I guess that was like June, July and August or so of 2021. That was kind of back in that when those well, artists started coming out. That's back in the, back in the old days now. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, I know for sure. For sure. You know, it's only yeah. one year. It's, uh, it's the old days. Yeah. <laughs> And when I, when I first got into NFTs in February of 2021, uh, the first thing I found was Top Shot. And then just a couple of days later, uh, somebody told Andy and I, Andy's uh, one of my best friends, he's our producer here, told us about Vivi and Andy's big into comic books, huge into comic books, Batman. Mm-hmm. So that was like right off the bat, we got into it. We started that Facebook group and then the rest was history. Kind of got on Clubhouse and made friends with Frank Kozik. And he's like, do you want to do a drop party? We did a drop party and David showed up and it was like, then we just started doing it all the time. I actually was messaging with Reese not too long ago. Reese is awesome. He's an amazing community manager. I'm glad that he's, you know, he's, he's still he's there after good. all this time. Yeah, we love Reese. Reese, Reese is the man. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's been there since the, um, yeah, the very, very early days. You know, because yeah. I think he's been going for around about, well, the company's been going for about five years and, I, and he was one of the first to come on so it's been very valuable so shout out oh, wow. yeah he quit his job as a private chef when he was working with you guys yeah well that's, that's true I mean, he did work for my previous company as well which is why you know, oh, really? I, okay yeah oh how about that yeah i mean andy and i we were in there early enough to be able to buy the todd mcfarland batman from the store mm. before it sold out mm. so that's a bat that's a badge of honor it is that that's you're definitely classified as an OG then. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so you, so Vivi started about five years ago. It was was it 2018? Um, 2017, I think, is when we really wow. kicked everything off. So, yeah, we're going back into the to the days where Bitcoin was significantly more affordable than it is now. Yeah, and so were you guys like? Did you know they were going to be NFTs, or did you just want to make digital collectibles? How that kind of come up? 
I mean, not at all. In the early days, um, I remember, um, just as a quick backstory, both David and I, um, my, my co-founder and the COO, and also the collector level 9,000 in the company, um, he and I have known each other for, for 25 years. Um, when he first opened his first collectible business in New Zealand, um, I opened my first business, which was a web design company. This is going back in like 99 or the year 2000. And uh, yeah, my, my sales guy called him up and then I went out and met him and we built the website, et cetera. And we had, and from there, we've just had a, you know, a very long relationship, a number of different businesses along the way. And uh, I remember, I think it was the end of 2016, we were just having a, a catch up and uh, he mentioned that he'd just purchased his first Bitcoin. And I was like, oh, I just purchased my first Bitcoin as well. And then from that point, you know, we both became quite enamored with the crypto space um, and also specifically blockchain. You know, I, I saw it as a very revolutionary technology that could change a lot. And we just started exploring opportunities in the, um, you know, in that sort of crypt crypto blockchain space. Wow. So you started, and that was 2017, and you were just, so you're exploring these opportunities, and then it kind of came up like, why don't we do collectibles, but just make them digital, put them on the blockchain? We were exploring three main areas to begin with. There was okay. mining exchanges or or cold wallets. Mining was too expensive and too difficult to get into. Exchanges were a regulation nightmare back then. So we thought, you know what, we can definitely do a cold storage wallet. So that's, that's kind of how we... Um, got into it. That was our first foray into the uh, into into the crypto space, and then it must have been fairly shortly after then that Crypto Kitties came out. And it was at that point we realized that wow, you know, this digital collectible. If we could partner that with um, all of the collectible content that David had been working with for you know the past twenty odd years, um, it could potentially be something very revolutionary or quite disruptive for the for the collectible space so that that's really when we started kicking off everything with um with vv so that would have been oh, yeah, wow. something 2017 ah it's cool it's funny so many of the ogs come on and i didn't think you would have mentioned it but they always talk about crypto kitties as mm. something that kicked it off uh that's mm. that's really cool to hear so what you collect vv i'm sure what is what does your vault look like you have like uh probably do you have like one of everything do they give you one or how how's that how's that I going mean, down i guess technically i have one of everything <clears throat> but um mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't transfer any of them through to my wallets at the moment but um yeah i do um uh, to be honest with you, you know, in this day and age, I really don't get too much time to participate in the drops, especially if, I mean, we have so many now. Of course, yeah. Collectibles yeah. and, and all of the airdrops and promos, et cetera. <clears throat> um, but so, so most of my collection is very, very old, you know, from the OG days when I was in there. And I think my probably my most prized collectible is the Todd McFarlane 100, um, but it, it's edition number 16, <clears throat> and it was the very, very first collectible ever purchased on VD. So we basically put the um, put the app live, and at that point, you know, we had no users at all. It was basically like me. Um, right. so, you know, I would jump into the app, and um, to make sure everything worked, um, you know, I went in and I purchased Todd, which was, you know, I was so he looked the coolest out of the Batman series one. So uh, the, that's probably, probably the, you know, my most, prized possession in my collection at the moment which is that uh you know very first collectible 
because um <clears throat> you know as you guys know and maybe some of your listeners know um the vd holds the first uh, the editions of 1 to 40 and that's for uh, you know some are held by vd for the um you know just for historical purchases like edition number 1 etc is you know always going to be held by vd um david and i probably get one each uh, amongst that lot and then the remainder is set aside for licensors to you know to get their their allocation we never when we first started that we never realized um that anything below 40 or below 41 would become so insanely sought after mm. moving forward we'll probably keep uh, and I'm just speculating here, but we'll 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 more than likely keep a few for the company, like edition number one. Maybe David and I will keep one each, whatever's remaining for the licensors. And then we may actually end up burning the remaining items because you know I know that there is a lot of uh well not a lot, but there is some concern, you know, like because right now in the market, 41 is the lowest edition that really anyone can purchase. So yeah. we would be doing a massive disservice to any collector if we started bringing out uh anything below below 40 so yeah we'll we'll either burn them or really they'll never see the light of day occasionally we do give a sub 40 to you know somebody who does something very special or just recently you know we had a marvel um giveaway where i think there were um two or three sub 40s um but prior to doing the 40 we only kept 15 in the company and that's why Batman, the very first one is Batman number, number 16. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Number 16, Todd. That's a that's a grail right there. there yes, that's, like the, that. that's the grail of grails. <laughs> yeah. So what do you mean when you said you don't necessarily transfer them to your wallet? Do they just kind of stay in the, like, how does yeah. that work? Yeah, they basically just stay in the company wallet. Um, okay. I mean, I guess technically I could go. And there are some that I'm, uh, you know, I think the last one I, I transferred to myself because um you know that there, there's an allocation that we are obviously keep aside for the company above the 40 and that is um you know especially going into next year 2023 we're going to be doing a lot of competitions like weekly giveaways you know we have been keeping a portion aside specifically for this so i would normally just grab one of those ones you know if i want to have it in my in my wallet like r2d2 was the last one i got because yeah he just looks so damn cool i had to show him off to all my friends and be like mm-hmm. yeah hey you know, mm-hmm. I'm cooler than you. I got an R2D2. <laughs> nice. Yeah. My favorite thing right now, I have a six year old and two five year olds, and they, I could just give them my phone. They love it. They love, like, even like the Myrmacorns. You know, I was, I was there getting those back in the day. They yeah. love the, they love those things. Myrmacorns, unicornos, whatever they were called. Uh, I, I would actually remember, um, it was so funny, you know, back when I used to be in Discord, and unfortunately, I, I got the reputation called Dan the Hammer in Discord, so we needed more nicer support people in there. Mm. Um, uh, but I, I remember, yeah, when we were doing Murmur Corners and Unicorno Drops, you know, there would be people messaging in there saying, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm a 35-year-old male. Exactly, two, exactly. Up at 2 a.m. Yeah. in the morning trying to collect a, uni, uh, a, a you know a unicorn or a half fish, half mermaid. <laughs> and I, was, I just always thought that was so hilarious. Yeah, I remember that very well. I remember people talking, well, I think this one's going to be the better character because in the cartoon, they're like, whatever. Yeah, mm. I remember that. I remember that very well. I, I have a question here from, do you know Brock McBlockchain? He's one of the OG OGs. I don't know if you know. Like, no, I love Brock. 
Yeah, yeah, Brock's the best. You love Brock. Yeah. So, uh, what are some challenges that you feel comfortable sharing that you guys have had to overcome that your community and users might not be aware of? Wow, I mean, to be honest, like that is a very deep pit. You know, most 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 people involved with VB now, they obviously they experience it from a user perspective, right? Which is what you see, the drops that come up. But in order to get uh, VB to where it is now, has been many, many, many challenges across the board. Um, I mean, even just to give you an example, like uh, at the beginning of this year, I never knew or predicted that I would have to become an expert in KYC regulation. But you know, that's something that we that we have to do. Because, you know, I really believe with especially what's happening in the crypto space right now, regulation is inevitable around NFTs. And because we work with, you know, big brands like Disney, Marvel, Sony, et cetera, you know, we need to be one step ahead of the game on that to make sure. And the second side of it was that we needed, we want to make sure that VV is a very clean marketplace. You know, there's a lot of crypto, uh, well, a lot of stuff that happens in the crypto world. And so for us, you know, we really want to make sure that we're protecting our users. We're doing everything we can to keep bots at bay, to keep scammers at bay. And the KYC was sort of one step uh, involved with that. But I mean, even outside that, you know, even some of the licensors that we've signed up, you know, they, many of the big ones took years. You know, Dave and I would be flying back to America from Taiwan, where we were based at the time, to see them every few months, would show them the the updated progress in the app development, you know, would talk through the numbers. It was a very sort of slow iterative process and then even just the you know the rapid growth we had last year you know i mean you you guys probably remember if you were ogs um you know the 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 fateful delorean drop which Mm -hmm. all kind of went went haywire but you know i mean the app was very new our numbers went from like a thousand to like hundred thousand you know within the space of a month and you know we we because, I, you know, I, I remember David and I, before we launched the app back in um, November 2020, we were sitting around his dining room table just going, you know, looking through the app and just thinking, talking to ourselves, like, I really hope someone buys a digital Batman. Because up until this point, it was completely unproven. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, <clears throat> you know, our entire technology pipeline was designed to cater for what we thought our first year numbers would be which was, you know, maybe a maximum of 50,000 users from, from month one to month 12. So when we just started getting these massive influx of users, uh, it was, a um, you know, half of the pipeline would break because it wasn't capable of handling that much. So there was massive scrambling. And, you know, I give real credit to the um, our early devs who were back with us and our, and our very first um, CTO, uh, Michael, um, you know, to be able to rebuild all of these pipelines while we're trying to do drops. So, I mean, to be honest, I could go on and on. There there have just been so many challenges. And um, David and I semi-jokingly um, slash not jokingly always talk about, you know, one day we want to do a a Netflix, uh, you know, miniseries <laughs> on, yeah. on the, the rise of Vivi because there is just so much stuff that has gone down. Some crazy, some funny, some bad a lot of good, but it's a 
very big drama story <laughs> behind it. It, ha- it has been a wild ride. I mean, there's definitely been a lot oh, yeah. of a lot of stuff for sure. And you guys have like a community that's like a super strong community that's gonna let you know at every turn what's going on and what they're happy with, what they're not happy with. So that definitely adds to it. You talked about the Discord. That Discord was wild. Oh, that man. Discord it was, was wild. Yeah, it, have, was. I, it was. I have to give a shout out to um, Eagle Eyes, who's, you know, the sort of head moderator in Discord okay. now. He has done so well to clean it up and just make it a very enjoyable experience for, you know, all users in there. Oh, so, wow. yeah. Back in the day, it was all crazy, you know, it's, but, you know, really now we've um, started to get a, a much better handle on it. Um, yeah, you know, really, we just want to make sure that we're protecting our our collectors because, you know, there are a lot of sort of bad actors can come into the into this particular space. So we work very hard yep. to keep yep. it clean. Yeah, I was there those days, like on Clubhouse, you know, there was you probably remember Clockgate where like. You can oh, move, yeah. your, you move, you move your clock back an hour. Right. There was all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, there could, there could be an episode in the in the Netflix series called Clock Game. It was, you know, yeah. I mean, there uh-huh. were just so many crazy, exciting things. And, yeah. Well, it's good you guys could laugh back at that stuff now because it was like, it was a big drama thing. It happened. It was going on for like a month and then people found mm. out about it. And it was, that was a whole thing. That was a whole thing yeah, too. I mean, you know, Dave and I, you know, our approach has always been very pragmatic. I mean, you know, the thing is, we were a startup. We scaled massively, very, very quickly. Um, and, you know, that's just what happens in, in those scenarios. You know, if, if we knew back in 2020 that we would have hundreds of thousands of users, we right. would have been able to prepare. But it was an unknown. It was an unknown thing at that point. Yeah, you talked about the DeLorean, and that is what made, I mean, not even just more people, but even people that were there were creating Mm. more accounts and like because i remember Mm. that we had about we had about a three-week build-up and i knew i wanted to get as many as i could like that was like hype 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 super uh, yeah so that was like and then for a while you couldn't even get a drop after that one like you couldn't even you had to get lucky to even get a collectible in the on a drop yeah back in the day there was you know we definitely went through a period of bots and um we were and again I guess, you know, to, you know, to Brock's question, you know, that com- coming into this space from a collectible point of view, um, to think that would be, there would be bot users out there creating hundreds of accounts trying to secure drops, you know, I mean, that was, you know, one of the other challenges that we, uh, you know, really didn't anticipate in the early days and, and had to work very quickly to, um, you know, to get a workaround. Yeah, for sure. When people used to always, I mean, people were always complaining about bots. And I always used to say, you know, ask Ticketmaster about bots, ask Nike about bots. Mm. Like, mm. it's not very easy just to stop the bots. No, no, I kind of felt that, you know, sometimes Vivi gets a little bit of an unfair rap because what we experience is really what Nike, Ticketmaster, yeah. you know, yes, still. Right. is actually part of offering a digital product like this. Yep. Thousand percent. I mean, those those companies like Nike has problems with it. Still, they can't. You know, they can't yeah. control them. Yeah, mm. for sure, for sure. What do you say to people that uh, claim that Vivi is not technically an NFT because of like the custodial wallet, walled garden? Um, mm-hmm. That's not necessarily what I say, but I know a lot of people will say that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, Vivi is a very specific corner of the digital collectible market, and because of that corner. 
there are certain compromises we need to make, right? Like we never, ever would have got the brands on that we have now if Thievey was not a walled garden. It, it, would, it would have been 100% impossible. So a lot of the uh, non-interoperability uh, that we have is often directed to us by by the licensors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, what I would say is that, you know, there are many NFT projects out there. You know, VD may not be your your cup of tea, and that's that's totally fine. But right. uh, I hope you don't regret it in five years when Batman number 16 goes for um, $10 million. Yeah, the NFT, like there's going to be tons of NFTs. I mean, look at like what Starbucks is doing. And that's going to be a thing yeah. where companies companies are going to want to control it. They're not going to want it to be a free-for-all with things getting stolen all the time. Well, um, that, that's the other thing. You know, I mean, it's like in a way it comes back to, you know, us because our audience was always collectors. Right, we knew crypto and yeah. NFT people were going to come come in as part of the audience, but you know, and that's why we didn't have the you didn't have to connect a wallet, you didn't have to understand any of that. You could just come in and purchase. So it's always been very collector oriented, and um, you know that's just part of it as well. You know, we didn't want to have to put users through that who would that would have been a major barrier of entry for Vivi. And and if we had gone down that path of connecting wallets. Etc. Um, we probably wouldn't have found the success we have today. Yep. I remember a lot of the talk early on was maybe letting the the individual artists because people might not know you guys do these big giant brands, all the giant brands you mentioned. Then you also do independent artists. Uh, we had Mitch Putnam on the show. He did a recap episode with us. Uh, Mumbot. Mm. I don't think Mumbot dropped yet, but I think she might be close. She's like a friend of Vivi. I saw she was at uh, Designer Con with you guys. Um, yeah. and like, so maybe those people will be able to transfer like over to OpenSea, their collectibles or, or is there, is yeah, that- I mean, when, yeah, when it does happen, um, it, it is going to happen progressively like that, you know, where there'll be certain people coming in, uh, sorry, certain, certain artists or maybe our lower tier licensors who might want to, um, be lower, t- lower tier, huh? Yeah. We no, I'm that. joking. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Yeah, not talking about the artists. I love the yeah, artists. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it is something that I believe is going to happen progressively. You know, I mean, I I guess, and this might be a fairly controversial point, but um, I'm still on the fence about interoperability, um, and this is just my own personal point of view because there are pros and cons. You know, there's pros to decentralization, and there are cons to it, and vice versa as well. So, you know, for me, it's always making sure that we are offering the best product, protecting our audience um, and, and, you know, delivering a product that they can, you know, use and like. And ultimately, you know, I think if you're a collector, then you're going to be using VV. If you are a flipper, and again, I don't mean to generalize here, you know, that's when you want to use OpenSea because you want to go and sell it for an extraordinary amount. But, yeah. you know, in the next six months or so, a lot of those features that, a lot of the reasons that people want to move to OpenSea, all of that stuff's going to be built into VD anyway. I mean, crypto pay-in is already rolled out. We're trialing it with um, beta users now, so you can get all of that. You know, a lot of that that kind of um, the same sort of features. Cool. How about the NFL PA? I remember that was a thing. I th- I guess it got delayed. What can you tell us kind of about yeah. the NFL PA, what that might look like? Uh, yeah, well, I can't, I won't, I won't talk specifically about licenses because it gets a little bit uh, sensitive. But okay. um, what I can say is that, you know, when we, 
Dave and I decide to enter a new vertical, um, like sports, for example, you know, we really want to make sure that we have a a long roadmap of, of what we're going to drop, what sports we're going to tackle. And that's what's very important to us. So that sports is a big part of what we're working on right now. <clears throat> and so moving into 2023, you can expect to start seeing the sports vertical come to fruition. Um, you know, like every feature and every brand and every licensor that has been mentioned in the past, we obviously wanted them to come to the platform a lot quicker. But when you are dealing with 12 months of insane rapid scaling, um, there's a, a few things that need to take your attention in the meantime. Yeah, for sure. No, I uh, I remember that was and it was talked about last summer. You guys might have even been trying to do the NFL draft at some point, but I guess there's always things that come up and and mm. that a lot of the talk was, and I'm sure you won't be able to talk about it, but the talk was it's the NFL PA. Are they going to have the jerseys on? Is it just going to be the players with the names? Like people were wondering, you know, I'm a big NFL fan, but if there's not mm. too much you can say, there's not too much you can say. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't really say too much at the moment. I mean, yeah. obviously we try to get the best, Expect a collectible experience, um, yep. you know, which would be right across all of the licensors. But you know, the world of licensing is very complex. You know, especially when you have multiple parties involved, uh, like the NFL. So, um, you know, a lot of times these aren't just you know point and click. You know, let's let's get it rolled out there. There's a lot of negotiation going on, a lot of understanding what the what the licensor structure is. But yeah, um, sports along with a few other new verticals, which sadly I can't mention, um, will be rolling out in um, in 2023. Because, um, you know, from our, really from our inception, our, our philosophy in the business has been, you know, everyone is a fan of something, whether that's NFL, whether it's Batman, whether it's Marvel or comics. So ultimately, um, you know, we do want to serve all of those collectors. Yeah. Is Alfred Kahn still, uh, the was it Director of Partnerships? Is that what he was with you guys? Is he still around? Um, I can't. Oh, yeah, he's absolutely still around. Yeah. Um, no, Alfred's amazing. I mean, obviously, he's yeah. he's such a talented, talented person. And, you know, he's got a lot of his own projects going on. You know, really. I mean, that guy is basically an idea generator. You know, every time I talk to him, he's got amazing new ideas. Uh, you know, if you guys didn't know, I mean, you probably do, but maybe your audience doesn't. You know, he did Cabbage Patch Kids, obviously Pokemon. I mean, you know, he's he's a genius when it comes to that. Uh, to the to the to the licensing world, but you know now that we are you know the business is a bit more established, a lot more of the license licensor relationship side of things is managed by David, and Al obviously still brings you know very cool mm-hmm. licenses to VB, yeah, some of which will be uh, rolling out next year. Well, everybody, Dan just confirmed that Pokemon is coming to VV next year. Hopefully, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't quite confirm that. He's looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, I it, it, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jennifer, I know I've been monopolizing this. I'm having fun just uh, throwing questions out there. Is there anything you've heard you want to ask yeah. or any of the questions we have? Or if, if you, it's up to you. I've, I've been having a great time chatting up with Dan. We still got some more two to go. Yeah, um, okay. I'm gonna. I have a couple questions from the community. Um, since, nice. Okay, so one of them was, uh, when will Fidgetal get introduced from the roadmap? Mm-hmm. We have already kicked off Fidgetal products. Like we have announced already the um, the first collectible that VV has produced with Ron English. 
which is the gold and silver rabbit grin. And we were selling those at the um, DCOM in Anaheim that happened a couple of weeks ago. So that is coming out. And um, we also have a number of new uh, licensors coming on board that are already in the physical collectible space where we will be entering into digital partnerships with them. Uh, obviously, I can't say who they are, but I think, um, yeah, fans will be very, very happy with with those. And I think it's just a natural progression, you know, the the merging of this physical world and the digital world. My, my personal opinion is, you know, physical will never go away. Uh, I, I know it looks like there's nothing behind me, but on my desk in front of me is just literally crowded with with collectibles. So I love physical as well. You know, I love to sit here and look at them. And I will do that until they bring out some kind of cool AR glasses and I can set up my whole desk in digital um, slash physical. So yeah, um, next year is um, when they will be able to experience the first digital. Awesome. And then my other community question is, why are some accounts forbidden? Accounts are forbidden for many, many reasons. We basically have, we do a lot of risk assessment on our accounts. And again, this is making sure that users are being protected. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of requests that come through, like, you know, why is my account, you know, disabled or whatever. Um, And then when I pass that on to support, it is for very, very specific reasons which violate the terms and conditions. So it's I, I, there's nothing I can really say about any specific scenario. But um, what I can say is that if, if your account has been disabled, it will be for, for very specific reasons. And if you haven't reached out to support, I recommend they do that. And then they will tell you exactly what why that has happened and what you need to do to resolve that. Okay, awesome. And then also, I do want to loop in our producer, Andy. I know he has some questions as well. Um, I'll ask one more question from the community side, and then I'll let him ask some of his. Uh, But how does VV weather this bear market and um, keep people engaged with the collectible side while financial or investment side of things are down? Mm. Uh, I mean, I get asked this question a lot. And the reason is, is ultimately because we are a collectibles business and we use a lot of technologies like NFT, um, Unity, 3D, AR, et cetera. But really at our core, we are a collectibles business and collectibles have been around for decades, if not centuries, and they often always perform stronger during a recession. So, you know, I mean, that's, I think, one of the reasons why, you know, we still do five plus or maybe four plus drops a week right now. Um, and, and you know, we can continue to do that when a lot of other NFT projects are really, really slowing down. Uh, and a lot of it does come down to the IP. You know, if you're a, a Batman fan or a Marvel fan, you know, there are certain collectibles that you just you just want to get because you... Uh, you identify with those characters, you love those characters, um, and that's a big part of, of what we do. So, yeah, we will always be a collectibles business, and I and I really believe that is one of the core reasons that we can survive these bear markets. But in saying that, obviously, the, you know, the world is going into a global recession at the moment. Um, you know, we've seen, we've seen a bunch of issues in the crypto space, which has affected it badly. So, you know, one of the great things about Vivi is that we're very dynamic and we're very agile. You know, we need to lower additions. We just lower additions. 
Um, you know, we do less drops or more drops. It's a very, uh, you know, being digital makes us very agile because we don't, it's not like, well, you know, we've created 20,000 of these physical items. Um, what are we going to do with them? We, we basically just decide what we're going to mint based on market conditions and, and demand. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Andy, reporting Andy, Andy. Oh, cool. There he is. Yeah, let's go. Hey. Now, I had a, a question regarding the comics. I think the digital comics are absolutely amazing and probably like the best kind of NFT out there, in my opinion, just in general, because uh, they have a physical that's already uh, behind them. Do you see the day ever coming where you got this deal with Marvel? Are you ever going to uh, release them the same week? Like, you know, I guess Amazing Spider-Man like comes out like uh, on a Tuesday, like and you guys release like the NFT version uh, as well. Is that ever like uh, in the cards? I mean, that's obviously that's something we we would love to do. But the, you know, the comic industry is very much driven by the comic stores, the mom and pop stores. So, um, you know, while while there is a potential or an opportunity for us to do that, you know, we do need to respect somewhat the uh, the, the physical world of comics as well, uh, in the sense that you know we wouldn't want to we wouldn't want to have too much of an impact on on that side of it. I really believe that there is a way that that both can complement each other very well, and that's something that we'll, I'll be looking quite heavily into next year. Because it would be cool, you know, on day and date, the comics release, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you buy the physical, you get a, uh, you know, a redemption code for the digital or, or some kind of vice versa or, you know, whatever. There's, there, there is a lot of opportunity in that space, but we just need to make sure that it's very fair, you know, across the board. Cool. No, I love the local comic book shop. So. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's why that's why we basically have been doing backlist up till now because there's no real sort of threat to the uh you know wider comic industry yeah there's an enormous library to get to i guess very very big yeah the back the backlist is huge <laughs> uh yeah the uh my my uh my grail comic that i have and mike mike's left at me this for for before he's like he's not right now i got the uh um, marvel comics number one secret rare so oh, um, wow. I hit I hit that on a drop, and, and, uh, and it, it was going for it was going for like twenty five thousand dollars or something at one point. And I was like, sell that thing. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I was going to ask you, yeah, whether you got it on the drop or the secondary. I mean, I think you know the cool thing about comics is that you know digital comics is still a very very new industry, especially into obviously we've got Marvel Unlimited, Comicsology for your subscription base, but having it as a digital asset and a comic is still very very new. So, you know, I'm I'm a very, very bullish on as the, um, you know, this whole kind of digital economy and digital market progresses and more and more people become to understand it, that I really believe that those comics will ultimately end up being valuable as they are in the real world. Well, not necessarily the real world because yeah. there's only like 10 Batman number ones left, which as a quick bragging right, I have to say that I own as one oh. of my brides. <laughs> Uh, One of my Riley's comics. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, so I really think that we are going to see more of an alignment between what is happening in digital and what is happening in physical because the you know these are still limited edition. They're just in a in a in a different medium. I agree about the uh the comics, yes. Thanks for pulling me in there, guys. Thanks. Got it, brother. Thanks, Andy. All right, we can bounce it back to you, Michael. Yeah. All right, it's rare that Andy makes an appearance. It's uh he did it just for you, Dan. I know. Oh, I feel like this is the first yeah. time that he's done that. <laughs> 
Thank you, Andy. Yeah. I'm so honored. Yeah. Uh, so I want to circle back to the customer service uh, and the question Jennifer asked, because when I, I did reach out to a bunch of people like in the Facebook group and on Twitter, just to get some questions and updated stuff. And a few of the people raised concerns that they might not be getting an answer. Some of them got like a generic answer. Um, and it might not be quite that cut and dry. Now, I'm not going to say that the people are clean because I have no idea what anybody's ever done. I know there was like we could talk about. I know there was like some gems that were compromised running around for a while. But I think that people do have a problem with the customer service and maybe not getting an answer. Maybe they've asked a million times and they did get an answer and then they're not getting a satisfactory one. But um, do you know anything about that? Like one of my biggest pet peeves, and I haven't had this problem with you guys, but like with the company, if I have horrible customer service, like Comcast or, or whatever, like Chase Bank, like I, it, it's awful. I don't know if, if you've heard. Yeah, no, you know, I, I totally hear you. You know, I mean, good customer support is really a benchmark of any yeah. business. And I, I get a lot of people reach out to me, uh, you know, just directly through, through whatever means saying, oh, you know, my account has been this or that. And but, uh, and, and, you know, uh, I always pass that straight on to support and saying, you know, what, what's up with this? And like I say, 99% of the time, it is due to a, a violation of term and, terms and conditions or something that the user has done that has resulted in, in that action. And, you know, I mean, every month I get through the um, support ticket report and you know the um, response time is generally a maximum of 24 to 48 hours across all tickets so um, it could potentially be that uh, you know maybe those users had a difficult time uh, back in the quote unquote old days you know which would be mm-hmm. about eight months ago where you know we had a very small support team but we had done a lot of work uh, and brought on a lot more people and systems and processes to really improve our customer support. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, as as the business owner, you know, I want to make sure that everybody is having a positive experience. So I do apologize yep. to anyone who has had a negative experience on social, uh, sorry, on support, maybe submit your ticket again. Uh, and I think one of the other big issues that I have uh, heard from support is that um, and even though we mentioned this very, very clearly on the support page, if you submit multiple tickets, when you resubmit, you go to the bottom of the barrel. So you need to wait for every time you resubmit, you get lower and lower because you're the newest one in. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of things, you know, when you when you are running something like VV, which is a very complex business and thankfully not so much these days, not not so much goes wrong, but back in the old days, uh, you know, with the DeLorean drops, et cetera. Um, yeah. yeah, there there, there were obviously, you know, more tickets than support could handle. But from from my perspective, uh, overall, you know, support is performing very well. We do have some very, very high quality people in there. And the majority of them have all come from the community. Um, so they understand VV, they understand what the problems yeah. is, you know, understand how annoying this can be to users. So they are they are very diligent and very nice people, and they and basically that they live to solve your your problems. Okay. Well, and, uh, yeah. So for people that don't think they did anything wrong but haven't gotten a resolution, what are some of the typical terms of concern? Like, what's like the the major violations you see? Like, no. Uh, I mean, it's a bit hard for me to list off the top of my head. They probably need to. Re- I mean. I wouldn't recommend it, but everything's in the terms conditions, you know, what what could be a violation. Um, I mean, it could even be to the point that, you know, let's say, for example, you bid on 
five things in an auction in the market, but then you, you win them all and you don't pay for them. That's 100% a violation because for the seller, uh, that creates okay. a negative experience. And I don't want that. And so if yep. you're doing that, you are violating the terms and conditions. And also you're not acting like somebody who should be acting in VV. So you're going to get a ban for maybe 60 days if you do that. Often the, okay. the the amount of time where people get banned is based on you know what action they've they've taken. Okay, and there's a lot of it. I remember I remember there were like people selling gems for like 0.75 and things like that. Are those violations? People that bought those gems or use those gems? It could have been. I mean, we've done a lot of work to close up all of those loops now so it is mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot more difficult to do that now and a lot of the support tickets come through really aren't related to any kind of off-market gem sales because ultimately it just you know really it just destroys the the market you know if you buy something for 0.6 on the dollar then right. you can buy something in the store but then you can sell it for 0.8 on the dollar and still make a profit so you're actually doing every single vv user a complete and utter disservice if you buy gems at a lower value and you're really, you know, a lot of people blame me and Dave directly for if something goes below retail, but you know, there are bad actors out there who, who, you know, who do these kind of things. So, it, you know, any, it, it's very complex, you know, there's just so many, uh, you know, factors that, that come into play when, you know, when it comes to these kind of support issues. Definitely. Definitely. And now, I actually wasn't too aware of the situation, but I was I was told, and I don't know how much you could talk about or how much has even been released. Back in like March of this year, there was a there was an mm-hmm. exploit where people were able to get free gems with like expired credit cards or something. How did that affect? What can you talk I, I, about I, that situation? Yeah, I won't go into too much detail of what it was, but um, you know, I mean, we were very uh, open about the fact that there was a gem exploit that one user had found a uh a what was it it was a vulnerability i think in the apple payment side of things which which they did exploit thankfully we were on top of it very very quickly and then we did go through a very long process of you know working with each of the of the users because obviously you know from our perspective if like back then um it was possible to transfer gems amongst yep. each other so you know if you got gems for X cents on the dollar. You're kind of a, th- a third party, right? You're not you're not responsible for it, um, but yet you've got these gems that are that are cheap. So we don't want to punish you because you know you're. I mean, you kind of know you've done wrong. You've brought off market. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're all very clear about that since the beginning of the year. So you know, again, it just it just paints another example of the of the complexities of these issues. You know, like obviously we went very very hard after the you know the people who did the exploit yeah uh, you know anyone b- below that you know it, it becomes difficult like let's say for example you know in some of the early days um some accounts were compromised not because of vv security more because of social engineering and then they would um the person who managed to exploit they would then on sell the collectible in the market and let's say you bought it Right. Should I then charge you and take the collectible off you and give it back to the original owner? So, you know, one of the pros and cons about VV is like nothing is really clear cut because there's ownership involved. Um, a lot of these issues get dealt with on a per user basis. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being uh, as candid as you can with that. I know, I know it does get complicated. I mean, I was in the 
the weeds of all that for a long time. I saw people that did unknowingly buy stolen hmm. collectibles. I mean, that happens in that happens with Ethereum too. You know, all the board apes is like five percent of the board apes are are stolen at this point. Exactly, um, and even and even in the real world, you know, I yeah, the yeah of course, world, it's a lot harder to to track. So. Uh, this is not again. This is not something that's new to VV or is a specific VV problem. You know, this happens everywhere. Yeah, no doubt. What else do we have to go over? Anything else you want people to know about VV? I know I've been kind of grilling you for about forty-five minutes. Oh, this has been an easy grill. This is only six. Okay, low. good. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Um, um, so like, yeah, what do you what do you want people to know? What's coming? What's uh, what what's the future like? I know the VV. We haven't even talked about the VV verse. So like, mm-hmm. let's get let's get into some fun tech stuff. Like, what are people going to expect? We didn't even mention the word AR, augmented reality. We're assuming people know everything about Vivi. I got right into it with you, but yeah, no, there's. So give your little give what you what you see for the future and what's like. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So really, you know, coming into 2023, I'm very excited because um, you know throughout this year we've managed to do a lot of work behind the scenes. We've managed to get on top of uh, you know the user growth we've had. The company has scaled massively. We've brought in a lot of top talent. And that really just means that coming into next year, uh, and of course, I take full credit for this when, you know, back in the day, I'd be super excited about a feature and I'd say it'd be coming out this time. And then it wouldn't come out for six months later on. Again, due to a whole lot of complexities. But with the team on the, uh, you know, product delivery side that we have now, the organization and structure that we have, we're going to start seeing a lot more rollouts uh, you know happening as we intend them and a, a lot faster and much, much higher frequency in addition on the collectible side of things you know we have collectibles that are dropping from uh january onwards that are very different from from what we've done now in the sense that you know we in the early days you know we would drop a, a marvel character and it would be one of five poses with the ultra rare and secret rare being animated. And that worked, you know, really well for maybe like nine months. Um, But then we started seeing some attrition, you know, in the user data where people were just like, oh, you know, it's it's too too close. You know, know, they're too close. There's no point collecting the set. So coming into next year, you know, we we are addressing a lot of these issues and really focusing very heavily on bringing out um, more premium statues. So it might be a single collectible with multiple animation cycles, multiple features, mm. multiple degrees of utility, because, uh, you know, Dave and I always argue about, you know, how many additions should we drop? And for me, it's always like lower, 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 because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it makes it more collectible. Um, I really believe the days of the DeLorean where we did like 55,000 additions, you know, they're far behind us. Coming into next year, it's going to be more about higher frequency, lower edition. And that means that collectors will start to go after what they want. Um, more than what, you know, like what's happened in the last 12 months is everyone just going after everything. So, yeah, you're going to see some really good improvements on the actual product delivery side of things, on the actual uh, quality of the collectibles themselves. Um, we have a lot of new verticals coming out and a lot of really cool collectibles that I think people probably aren't going to expect along with our you know major brands also we're going to really ramp up our artist line you know we were at decon and what was awesome about decon was you know the vv booth was was so popular um we we never anticipated that it would be because there were so many famous artists there but 
you know, God bless the VV fam. They are always come out in force. Uh, but the cool thing was, is that all of those fans that did attend, they went out to all of the artists that VV had dropped and they were buying, they were talking, they were engaging, uh, and it's providing these artists a new, um, you know, a new audience. So um, there's going to be a, a much bigger push for the, you know, that artist side of things next year. And then, of course, on top of that, we have the BBverse, which, you know, for me is really the next evolution of what we are doing now. You know, VV as it stands at the moment is really a content production platform. You know, we, and, and it does have some utility now. You've got the AR, you've got the virtual showrooms, you can buy and sell. But really, what do we do? What can we offer beyond that? You know, I want to play with my DeLorean. I want to create the best um, showroom or, you know, VV home space that I can. And I want to invite 100 people in it. And I want to do a live premiere of my podcast. Or I want to play games with people. Or I want to go to the VV racetrack and race my Lambo against my DeLorean. You know, so really it's about taking this digital content that we produce, which must be coming up on 8 million NFTs minted. If, honestly, if not even more, which is pretty insane. Has any has anybody done more than that? I'm trying to think. How many are like in Top Shot? Jennifer, you have any clue? Do they have that many? How many collectors are in Top Shot? No, uh, collectibles. Oh, Dan was, Dan was just saying that they're up to about eight million NFTs. Ah, uh, ooh, that's a really good question. I know there's yeah. millions, but I'm not sure. Okay. How many? I'm gonna see if I can find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, keep going. Way. I'm sorry. I just found that interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's way up there, and it's you know, it's a good testament to the uh, you know, to to this this kind of future of digital collecting. So, yeah, back to the VDverse. It's really about really about you know, I've, I own this digital collectible you know, what can I do with it next? And that is really what the VVverse is about. Secondly, the VVverse is about social interaction. You know, obviously we have a very big, we have a very strong community. And, um, uh, you know, right now people use Twitter spaces, et cetera. But it's, you know, we really want to be able to take that to the next level. You know, you can interact in these sort of virtual spaces. So uh, I will be over the next couple of months doing a bit of a roadshow on the VVverse, you know, talking more about, you know, each of the individual features from avatars to customization to interactivity to utility. Um, <clears throat> so I'm really looking forward to getting, you know, more information out there about uh, how cool the platform is, because we have worked very hard with, um, you know, both internally and with our partners to produce something that is beyond uh you know what the expectation was oh wow 38 million wow. Top yeah. show. Oh my. <laughs> how about that yeah. that's a lot that is crazy yeah you need to <laughs> i mean yeah. Yeah. a collectible is a collectible because it's limited <laughs> right 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 how many how many users do you suspect you guys have these days we have uh, I'll, I'll say we have in the hundreds of thousands of users um mm -hmm. that I don't want to say outright right now, just because it's commercially sensitive. Um, and, you know, we always knew that when, when we introduced KYC, that we would see some attrition on our, on our user base. But for us, what was more important is making sure that we have a platform that is trusted, um, you know, now and into the future. But, you know, we still have a ton of signups coming every day. Coming into next year, one of the other really big aspects that we will be rolling out is um, paid marketing. You know, we have everything up till now has been organic. So at next year, if you're a if you're a Disney fan, 
um, you can expect that you're going to be targeted by by Vivi on socials, and we we're going to you know show you all of the amazing Disney stuff or Star Wars or Marvel, and you know in a a real attempt to bring in the the more traditional collector. Because I I am very confident that at some point these worlds are going to collide between physical and digital. I mean, we even see with our audience right now that. They were never really into collecting. They started collecting digital assets and now they own so many physicals, you know, and to me, that's right. a beautiful example of what is going to happen in the future. The physical are going to come into the digital and vice versa. Um, and, 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 and digital collecting is just going to become part of the collectible landscape. Yep. Uh, when you do those, um, those ads, are you going to sell them as NFTs or do you guys maybe use like digital collectible? That's been a big talk. We just, we were just at art Basel this week and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of the successful marketing campaigns, Reddit, Starbucks, you know, they're not calling them NFTs. Uh, what do you guys, well, you, you know, you know that we, that we have really never referred to what we do as NFTs. Because yeah, like I remember that. it is just one of the technologies that we use along with the AR and all of that stuff. Um, and also, you know, because we started so long ago, I mean, even when Crypto Kitties came out, it, you know, people didn't even use the word NFT. So for 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 us, you know, when we're approaching licensors, um, it's much easier to understand what a digital collectible is, you know, like we're at DC, yep. for example, was what you sell, but it's a digital version. And they're like, oh, okay, you know, we get it. And so, yeah, that's always been our language and will always continue to be our language. That must be so nice to be able to, like you said earlier, you don't have to have a stockpile of them and you just, you pick the number and just, it's like selling air almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you Um, have to create it. I don't want to demean it, but it's like that part part of it. That part of it is. I'm still going to say that, you know, like each premium collectible might take three to four months to create, but, mm. you know, we're not, I guess the difference is we're not, um, you know, lumbered with a lot of sort of, you know, potentially dead stock if the, if the market changes. Right, 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 right. Love it. Love it. Cool. How about, uh, how about any other NFTs that you collect? Are you, are there any other projects you're into? Any things um, that you look at that you think are pretty awesome? To be honest, um, back in the earlier days, I was, but, you know, I mean, my life is so full of VV right now. In fact, you know, my um, my wife came up with a with a very good saying, which is that, um, you know, uh, if you're if you're not an entrepreneur, you work nine to five. But if you're an entrepreneur, you work five to nine, mm. uh, mostly beyond. So, I mean, you know, you know, I I would love to get into it a bit more. I'm very heavy into the physical collecting. And that's, you know, really what I love. I think because my life is so much in the digital space that I love to have something tangible that I can go, go into a store and see and purchase. So yeah, not, not really too much at the moment. Well, good stuff, man, Dan, this has been an absolute pleasure. I don't want to take up too, too much of your time, but uh, I mean, VV has a definitely a place in my heart because it was very early on in my journey and I still have like 150 collectibles, 150 comics. I have like 6,000 gems sitting on the app for whenever I want to use it. I'm, haven't taken a penny out because I really do like what you guys are doing. I have like a million and a half Omi. You know, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I, uh, so Amazing. it was great. It was great to have you on. I'm glad you guys reached out and uh, this is really cool. Yeah. No, I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Awesome. And with that said, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. We will catch you in the next one. Peace.
Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace.